a really dear friend of mine from New York, Amrita. Hey, Amrita. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. And for the benefit of the, the listeners, mm-hmm. you are a black woman from New York who happens to be a practicing Sikh mm-hmm. and ties a big white turban. Yes. A racist bigot's dream. <laughs> absolutely. I am <laughs> I am absolutely what they look for and you know just makes their day when they see me. <laughs> Was that your intention? You know, <laughs> yes, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you we um you were in, we met when I was in the States last year. Mm-hmm. And you had an absolute ball. Uh, you yes. haven't met Amandeep, so he's here. How you doing, mm-hmm. Amita? A lot about you. Looking forward to getting, get, getting down with you on this conversation. Yes, me too. It's so nice to meet you. Such an honor. So you're in New York. <laughs> you're in New York at the moment, right? I'm in New York right now in my it's tiny a, apartment that, right over uh, here by 42nd Street. Fair play to you. It's the 3rd of June. How's it getting on over there? How you doing? You know, it's it's hot and it's chaotic. <laughs> Well, uh, the news of um, George Floyd Mm -hmm. has reached across the water. Yeah, that's so cool. It's dominating the news. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it'd be really interesting to just speak to you and see what's what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Um, Carry on. No, I was I was just going to say, yeah, it's it's a pretty intense time here. it is especially um, in major cities across the country where there has been police violence against the black community and um, and, and, and people are over it, <laughs> you know, from all walks of life. Everybody is just, you know, they, they are just not having it anymore. It's interesting you say that. I mean, I sense that there's some sort of a, a change in the tide. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard previous stories of policemen killing black people. Right. It just seems different this time. It seems as though there really is a change in the air. Yeah, well, you know, what's different this time is that you've had a lot of events that have occurred in a short amount of time. So maybe about two or three weeks prior to George Floyd, you had this video that was leaked about this young man, Ahmaud Arbery, who was basically murdered in the middle of the street with Mm -hmm. one of the members of the crew videotaping the whole thing and not even thinking that they would, you know, that anything would happen. And it didn't because that case actually happened in February and only until the the tape was leaked about two or three weeks ago, did we all even find out that this even happened. And then two weeks later, you watch another black man before our eyes die. Mm In eight minutes and 47 seconds. You're talking now about George Floyd. I am talking about George Floyd, yeah. The sickening incident of the policeman kneeling into the back, um, the the upper, the neck, if you like, of uh, that unarmed 
um, African-American male um, who was in, effectively in police custody. Yep, exactly, exactly. And then in between all of that, you've had a bunch of incidents that did not make the news in such a grand scale. Um, you had in one day, in a 24-hour period, you had three Black people die at the hands of the cops. You had one of them was a woman who was pregnant that the cops ran over with the police car. But why did they do that? I, I can't even tell you. I'm telling you, that's the insanity of what's going on in the, in the Black community and how these cops view people of color. And you also had a, a young woman, which people haven't really highlight it because there's no film or no video of it but a young woman who was shot eight times by the cops in her own home eight Be times eight times yes because you know they were the police were serving uh what they call a no-knock warrant so they can go you know bust your door down and look for someone which was i think like an ex-boyfriend of hers from a while ago and she was there with her current boyfriend and they were asleep because it was like they they serve those warrants like when they know people are sleeping so they have the element of surprise and the guy was already in custody before they even knocked down the door. So they knocked down the door. They jump out of bed and it's like, what's going on? It's in a state where you have the right to have a gun. They don't know who it is. They don't know it's the police. So the boyfriend shows a gun. The cops pow, 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 pow. And she's dead. I mean, these, I mean, even one of these stories is totally unacceptable. Yes. The, the question I have is mm -hmm. that... Are these isolated incidents, or is this is this a, is this a fair view of what's going on in the states? Oh, it's absolutely a fair view of what's going on in the states, and it's. I really, it, you were, I really hope you weren't going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I didn't have to tell you that. I really wish I didn't have to tell you that. I really wish I could just tell you that it's an isolated incident. It was a mistake by the cops, but mm -hmm. it's just too many of them. It's just too many of them. So either there is something in the psyche of these cops that tell them that black people are a threat and to kill them or they're just hugely uneducated and and not trained in their jobs so then they're woefully um uh they're they're woefully unskilled to do that job and they should not be hired to do it so both of those options are really bad and, and how does this affect you a, a black woman in New York on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, you know, on a day to well, first of all, I have to wake up and do my job G, say my prayers, <laughs> meditate before I even walk out the house. Just to pray that it's just not, I'm not gonna be one of those people on this day. Is that really, a, is that a daily thought that you have? It is a daily thought I have. It's a daily thought I have for myself. It's a daily thought I have for my sister. It's a super daily thought I have for my nephew. So, so oh, wow. I, 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 I mean, I, I know you well. And hearing you say that has genuinely sent a shiver down my spine. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm just a... 
literally speaking, mm-hmm. you wake up. This is—I mean, not figuratively. Literally speaking, yep. you wake up mm-hmm. and pray for the safety of your family. That 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 you should not be a victim of police brutality. Yes, I do. And what makes it even more heart gut wrenching is that my dad is a, a retired judge in Atlanta. You know, so he's in the court system. My sister works for the court system in Atlanta. So I would think that they would have a better relationship with the cops, but you just catch them on a day where they get a cop who doesn't know who they are and it can all go bad. (laughs) So I'm hoping you're going to say no to what I'm about to ask you, but um, is your fear um, and sorry, let me rephrase that. Are your prayers based on your previous experiences or is it just based on, on, on the events that you're seeing happening to other people? Well, I would say both. It would be, it's, it's, I mean, I've had no serious, serious altercation, but I have been pulled over by a cop at night when I was coming home from work and I had to drive through an affluent white neighborhood and he asked me what I was doing here. You know, why was I driving through this town? And, and, and at the time I was very calm. It wasn't as elevated as it is now, but there was no reason to pull me over. And he did for, uh, for my family, you know, no one has been brutalized, but pulled over all the time. Sure. So what was the citation when you were pulled over? What was the citation? He didn't give me any citation. That's what I'm saying. He pulled over to ask me what I was doing in this neighborhood and to let me know that I should not be driving through this neighborhood at this time of night. It was like 9 p.m. I was working late. See, this is what we were talking about. Me, me and they were talking about this the other day. It's, it's not about what you have done or yes. about what he thinks you have done. It's about his already entrenched views as to what you might do or what you may have done and we need or to just to yeah or just to exert power to let me know that he could he could take me in at any time you know what mm. i mean it's it's there's there's this desire to create fear in the black community and i can't tell you why i i don't i don't know why i don't understand it I mean, it's interesting you say that, and let I mean, the the white people enslave the blacks for a long time, right? Okay, and when you enslave someone, mm-hmm. as as horrendous as, as this sounds, you have a right of ownership mm-hmm. and a sense of entitlement, right, over another human being, mm-hmm. much like you would if you bought a car, right. And that is such a horrible thing to say. It is the harsh reality of what happened in the state. Exactly. And, and when you have that sense of ownership and entitlement during slavery, mm-hmm. it's one thing. Mm-hmm. My question is, mm-hmm. do you think that sense of entitlement and ownership, that ideology has totally disappeared amongst white people in America, or it still exists? There are some remnants of it. Absolutely not. There, it, it is absolutely still 
present today. It's present in the institutional um, design of America. America designed it that way. It's written in our constitution that black people are three fifths human. That, does that still exist? Yeah, it's still in there. Oh, now, do people follow that? Not really, because you got you to gotta understand when they created that, that was them thinking that they were helping the Black people by saying, okay, we'll recognize their three-fifths instead of just complete property. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and so if, um, I, I don't even want to put that into the ethers, so I, I'm not even going to say that. But most- no, Go on, go on, put it out there. <laughs> No, what I was going to say is if they wanted to, this is how kind of challenged the Constitution is right now. You know, they have amendments and, you know, those things that make things a little more fair. But, you know, if they wanted to act on that part of the Constitution, they actually could. Because well, it's not written out. Change the Constitution and get rid of it. That, that is so true. Everybody's equal. Let's put that in the ether. Right. Yes. Let's put that in the ether, but you have to have somebody that, see, everything also is built on from a, a capitalistic perspective. So if it was economically profitable to do that, then they would do it. So if you're saying that that sense of ownership and entitlement from the days of slavery mm-hmm. still exists mm-hmm. in the psyche of some Americans, right? When we're talking about Black Lives Matter, that's a long way off. We're way behind lives mattering. <laughs> right. Exactly. But 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 what's in your face is the life. Do you understand what I mean? Like yeah, they're taking yeah, life. Yeah. So you so you so you so you're dealing with what's in front of you. But but mm-hmm. it goes into the the institution, how you set up education and and make it available from a perspective of oneness it's not that way when you look at is it not no when you i mean you had some rich people in hollywood that got arrested because they were bribing universities to get their kids in who didn't have the criteria to to meet meet the criteria on their own do you know what i mean so so the, the absolutely the educational system is not set up for that um, for equality and oneness, it's it's slated. Healthcare, which we sh- we saw in COVID, you know, and with COVID, how the healthcare system is is not equal for people of color as it is for someone else. In the ability to own a home, it's 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 slated against people of color that way and in, in being able to get a mortgage it, it, it's in every facet of america and american life that there is inequality how does it affect your ability to get a house so you go to a mortgage company they see you black because of maybe like not being able to have you know a certain type of career so now your interest rate is higher than somebody else who was afforded the privilege of of aspects of life you know to be able to get a top-notch job because you know you have a buddy that 
play you play golf with that got you in a certain position oh. you know what i'm saying you don't necessarily have the skills you. Yeah. you know and so now you know people in the black community have a higher mortgage rate than someone else because of their you know credit and their credit got shot because they um had to pay a lot in healthcare because they couldn't get healthcare because of you know it just all you know it, it just all comes together in certain instances so could i mean let me just try throw that throw this back at you um this is something that i that i detest hearing but i'm going to throw it at you for the benefit of the listeners so they can hear Mm -hmm. the response what about when when people from a privileged position say well slavery was abolished by the uh, the emancipation of the proclamation of emancipation in 1856 you know so that was a long time ago you know black people should get over it this gets banded about a lot um, how do you respond to that? What I respond, the way I would respond to that is to say, and then when they abolished that, then they created Jim Crow. When that abolished, you know, when they couldn't do that anymore, and Jim Crow is basically like another another form of putting blocks in the path of of, of black people so that they cannot be successful, and so you've had different um, different obstacles Obstacles. thank you (laughs) different obstacles that every bit along the way stops black people from fully participating and creating oneness in this country and so and plus you got to also think that that level of trauma from slavery does not go anywhere it's generational and well it's interesting you should say that you, you you'll have, you'll have heard of the, about the incident of the dog walker in right. central park um was amy Wilkins, amy cooper um sorry i beg your pardon mm-hmm. amy cooper so so uh, put, putting aside the view of um african americans that there is an entrenched mm-hmm. system where the slate is not slanted in their favor mm-hmm. as you put it it's not an even keel. It's not. It's not. It's not a, a flat mm-hmm. playing surface. This is the opinion that was epitomised in her comments. She was said that if you don't um, leave me alone, I'm going to phone the police and tell them that I'm being threatened by an African American. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to the comments of Kevin Hart. No doubt you'll be aware of what Kevin Hart said mm-hmm. about this. Um, Kevin Hart. I've I got, I got a lot of time for him. He's a person who. Whose political commentating is political commentating is is often very credible in my opinion. I and mean, he said what was very interesting was that the Amy Cooper knew the that just calling this person an African male an African American mm-hmm. male was enough for the police to infer that there was a, a real threat there that they could take seriously. Yep, and that that really reflects the fact that there is inequality there is not in there is still inequality despite the fact of, of emancipation 125 yep. years ago it absolutely is because it is in the psyche of a per, uh, of of caucasian people and as much as um one might feel like that's not me da da da, da when you are pushed to a certain point Boom, it's automatic. It's automatic thought form. Do you know what I mean? It it has not been eradicated from the psyche of the slave master. You do you know what I mean? Mm. So so she 
re- that was a that was a reaction. She did not hesitate. Well, well, it's interesting this whole this whole incident with Amy Cooper and mm-hmm. in the park and, and the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was your take? On well, it? my take was that it it I was I was I was very excited and very um very happy. Why? Because that showed you exactly the pathway to death. Here is one way to look at it, and and we talk about the isolated incident versus the the pattern on the same day that george floyd died amy coop that amy mm-hmm. cooper situation happened the morning the floyd situation happened that evening almost 12 hours apart and amy cooper is how it starts and george floyd is how it ends Meaning that someone you. looks at a, her situation was she didn't want to be told what to do by a black man. That's plain and simple. How dare a black man tell me okay. to put a leash on my dog? I'm going to call the cops because I know that'll get him. And he will never try to tell me what to do again. So she. Or, or another black one. Or, or, another or white Exactly. And so she weaponized. That's what they mean by weaponized. Here, here is how that plays out. So she calls the cops, you know, says, or the police, <laughs> and says, a black man is threatening me. He's threatening me. He's threatening me. And she got elevated, right? If the cops mm-hmm. would have came, that guy could have been George Floyd. That is powerful. I, I mean... You're right. It's as simple as that. There's, there is, yeah. Had the cops turned up, you could have right. Because he was a little like he was kind of panicked, and you heard it in his voice. But like frustrated, not like I'm scared, but frustrated. So let's say the cops came, like they did in George Floyd's situation, and he's trying to explain, and she's doing doing her Broadway performance, okay, of a black man is trying to hurt me, and. It was, it was, it was an excellent performance. performance. It was an excellent performance. <laughs> I mean, like she should have got a Tony. I, I, I kid you not. <laughs> and, and let's say he got just a little agitated. Boom. We're going to put cuffs on you until we figure out what's going on. That's the standard line. We're going to put cuffs. Yes. Is it We're going to put cuffs on you till we get oh, her, wow. her opinion. We find out what's going on with her and you. And then the guy's like, why you? I mean, I'm telling you, point by point. Then it's then it goes to, well, why are you putting cuffs on me? Why do I have to be in cuffs? And then it's like, sir, why are you getting agitated? Yeah. And then that. it's mm. like, but then it, then you get then this then it becomes an offense not to comply exactly. with the request of an yes. officer, right? So how many That's black an so you exactly? So now, why are you resisting? Why are you resisting? That's the key. That's that's the dog whistle. Cause then that, cause that's that's a uh, citation. That, it's interesting. Sorry, sorry, to, sorry to cut across you there, but that that meant that mentality of I'm going to arrest, I'm I'm going to mm-hmm. forget the past, forget the last twenty minutes or the phone call that required mm-hmm. us to attend. I'm arresting you for not listening to me. That echoes what we were talking about, colonial yeah. masters, doesn't it? 
because you're being arrested now, not for dog walking or insulting or threatening a woman. You're being arrested for failing to comply with the answer of you, with the question. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So, Amrita, we're in the middle of some riots at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, what, what does it take, in your opinion, to stop these riots? Okay, so I'm just going to be point blank. It's going to take. It's going to take someone in one of these high-profile cases. Well, not someone. The perpetrators in these high-profile cases to be convicted and sentenced to life in prison, or con- mm-hmm. convicted and going to prison for some nice amount of time without the ability to be pardoned by Donald Trump. And what do you think the likelihood of that is? Honestly, I don't know. But I can tell you if that outcome does not happen in one of these cases, the George Floyd case or the Maud Aubrey case, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going to happen in this country. See, it's interesting you should say that. I've, I've, um, I've looked into the George Floyd case, um, George Floyd case. I'm not a practicing attorney in the States. I've, I'm a senior litigator. I'm attorney at law in, the, in, okay. in London. Um, we call them yes, solicitors, yeah, yeah, lawyers yeah. here. And, um, you know, I don't wish to throw any, um, set any, any um, sure. fuel on the fire, but I, I, I really can't see how he is being the subject of a prosecution. And I really can't see how he could be how he's going to be how he's going to be found guilty and the reason i say that is because he's being he's been he's been um suspended without pay and then now dismissed on the basis of his application of the rule book that's what mm-hmm, they call it the mm-hmm. rule book right the rule book mm-hmm. for offices um and the and and the bottom line is is that the the move the maneuver that he applied was specifically cited as textbook maneuvers to be applied when you're trying to restrain someone and so i can't see i i I actually can't see how they're going to get a conviction out of it or at least one that will stick that's going to be trouble now the the other thing that they may try to bring in which you know i don't know is that this this police officer has had a history of bad behavior he this isn't the first time he's been in this situation um that's pretty well documented in the press so i'm just saying it's going to be a problem it's going to be a problem because we've seen this time and time again and see these cops are skilled enough or these police are skilled enough to know how to get away with this stuff and well, it's like, to be fair, let, let's go one step further. I, I don't suspect this policeman has any skill or foresight. He, what he has done, quite frankly, and, disgust, and disgustingly, I might add, it, it's not that he's clever enough to get away with it. It's permissible in the rule book. In other words, the system is set up to, to legitimize um, this behavior. He hasn't done anything that's broken the rules, that- which is what I suppose he's going to cite. In his and case. that is why I said the system, the institutions are, yeah. are so messed up because how could you have, 
how, how could that be a legitimate practice? You know what I mean? So we need the type of leadership that will go through these rules and say, this isn't right and cite these type of cases and take that out. I mean, they've done that in many states. In many states, that particular move is not a valid, um, you know, or a legitimate police move. And yes, no, I, I so they've got to do something about that in that state. Mm -hmm. In terms of the riots, Amrita. Yeah. I know we, we, we had a chat about this yeah. on the phone last night. And we were saying that when, do you think that when, when undoubtedly, when people see someone like George Floyd mm -hmm. being killed by a policeman with a, with mm -hmm. a knee in his neck, they're very, very sympathetic. Um, do you think that when people see black people rioting and breaking into, into target, that that ignite reignites within them some sort of racial prejudice towards about black people, and that somehow is is swaying the dynamic of this whole situation. Um, I think that is what people want to be perceived um, regarding the movement of Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, and the uh the protesting and what i will tell you is that there is an element that is contained within the protests that are inciting the riot behavior so you've got yes really? so you've got a huge white supremacy element that is pretending to be liberal white and saying that they're protesting and marching, but they're actually the first ones breaking the windows in the glass. That's really they're quiet. the ones that's doing the rioting. If you look at the number of people who have been arrested for rioting and looting, more of them are white than black. Can I make yes, a suggestion? Please. Can we have a no whites rule? Protests? <laughs> well, you want oh. your allies to take that part, a, that, you know, but they're. That, that, that was meant as, as an ironic remark. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> that, that was so funny in the cheek. That was funny. <laughs> look, 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 what, what you've what you raised to me, uh, I mean, we, we live in a culture where conspiracy theories are always being banded about. But this is no conspiracy theory. I mean, I was watching some footage mm -hmm. this morning and two things stood out. Two things stood out. The, the most stark was apparently, and this just honestly defies mm -hmm. belief. You just can't make this stuff up. At the, at the site of the riots mm -hmm. and the protests, um, there are pallets yeah. of bricks being dropped off by builders merchants. I don't know what you would call them, that, like, like um, yep. building suppliers. Yeah. And so, like, so, like, organized riot yes. gear is being dropped to try and um, to try and inflame the situation. They're like, "Here, you need two thousand bricks to create chaos here. Let's drop them off." I can assure you, that's organized by mm -hmm. somebody. Um, and then the, the the term being banded about, I think uh, Joe Rogan, who I'm, a, who I'm a big fan of um, in terms of his political commentary, he used the words "agent yeah. provocateur." Absolutely. I mean that. 
Who's dropping the bricks? These That's a really fair question, Marita. Who's, brought, who's dropping the, the bricks? These white supremacy groups. You know, they are the ones that... Um, you know, we'll call them like construction guys or whatever builders. Um, they're doing it because there's there's a population of people that are Trump supporters. They're called the far right left, um, the far right, right? And 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 these people want to in their in somewhere in their psyche they want to reclaim America as theirs. They are very afraid of the. Make, make yeah, America great again. They want to, they do not want unity. They do not want oneness because then that takes away the privilege. That takes away the, the, the need to be better than or in, in power or in control of that. They, they don't want to relinquish this this fantasy of power and control. I, I, you know, I, I think if essentially if for there to be equality, if, if one person's up and the other's down for there to be equality, someone's going to lose their one up in their team. mind. Yes. Yes. And why and, would I want to lose that? This, why would I want to give that away? Absolutely. This, I don't think anybody <laughs> would. If, if uh, the, this, Right wing supremacy group that you there's talk several of. of them. How far? How far do they, they go? I mean, does this does this reach the government? Is it just local groups doing this? Okay, so this is my opinion. Um, it's not backed by anything other than the actions of what I'm seeing. Is that it's infiltrated positions of power throughout multiple levels the police you know the the legislative bodies you know it, it, they've maneuvered themselves in positions of power um so i i don't just think it's a bunch of you know rowdy guys who got together and is like Arr! you know mm -hmm. it's bigger it's bigger than well, that it's to, me, to me it's and you are a exactly. <laughs> I, I'm picturing. Um, I, I, I'm picturing another scene that I saw again recorded by a smartphone mm -hmm. media, and it was of a one of the protesters was destroying some public infrastructure. I think it, I think they were destroying some sort of a bike shed mm -hmm. track, or a, a, it might it might have been like a fireman's. Um, you know the the, the, the those uh, things that you have in the street corners that the fireman's mm -hmm. hose connect to. Um, and he was completely balaclavered up. And then some of the um, Black Lives Matter protesters who, who, were, in, who, in, who were incidentally black and African-Americans, mm -hmm. they grabbed this guy. And it's really interesting. The only thing he's concerned about is that his face is not exposed yeah. to the camera. Natural human concern is for your physical well-being. Are you going to get beaten up? Are you going to get arrested? All this guy can do is hang on to dear life. Yeah. Face coverings. So that he might not, and then his hair pops out the back, and he's he's sort of like got yeah. gray, dark gray hair, yeah. like he's quite elderly. Yeah, he's an elderly white guy. Um, I'm, I'm not saying for a second anything else than what I'm saying, I suppose. But the the indication that he was so concerned about yes. being recognised, yeah, for what he was doing, 
And the fact he was stopped by African Americans who are supposedly destroying the, the, the fabric of the yeah. infrastructures of Minnesota. It just it just says it, it just does says say a lot, lot. doesn't it? And and what's really been cool is that you'll also see like footage of like protesters, African American protesters, like stopping other people from bad behavior, um, protecting police creating a shield uh, or a line between them and the police. And um, because they know and they knew it would be elements of these supremacy groups out there trying to uh, incite bad behavior and blame it on them. So the, the protesters are well aware this element is integrated in. And so when they see that behavior, they're, they're dealing with it. You, you know what I mean? Or videotaping it. I don't know if you happen to see the footage in LA um, where they were protesting. It was in the daytime and you had two white women go over and spray paint on a Starbucks um, BLM and some other words. And, the, and, and two women, you know, two African-American women came up and challenged them. Like, what are you doing? Like, we don't need you doing that. And, and, and they didn't say one word. Mm. And, and they just looked stunned and walked away like they were caught, you know, and they were like, we don't need you doing that. That's not what we're about. And so, you know, that's just not a thing. We don't spray paint. <laughs> Not like that. But on, on, yeah. that yeah. on that point, Amita, you, we we know we know from the wonderful contributions that uh, African and American culture have brought to all Western mm-hmm. co- um, countries. We know what Black Lives are about. We it's it's pop- it, it, The most popular, most copied mm-hmm. person um, is the one that is copying yeah. Black culture. It's the most popular culture in hip hop, in, in, in music. You know, we know what black lives are about mm-hmm. through popular culture. What are they, what are the protests about in terms of what are they trying to achieve now? What we are trying to achieve, like with the protests, is the idea that we are exhausted, we are tired. In America, you have to change. You have to change these laws that let these police officers get away with that. You have to change the the legislation that keeps health care um, and affordability of health care out of the hands of people of color, especially African Americans. You have to change the institutions of education and making educational education accessible to every single person in this country. The protests are about we are tired and it must change. And also it's about if, if you don't change, we're going to get new leadership. And I think that this is just a rallying cry for our elections in November um, to, to, to make people aware of the issues that need to be dealt with by our leadership. And if they're not dealing with it, then it, then it, it'll be dealt with one way or another. <laughs> I'm, I've been seeing stuff online where people are talking about yep. going, using so, black businesses. 
right? And 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 I think just I just think I like I like the idea in my ideal, idealistic world where mm-hmm. we make friends and go to shops mm-hmm. because we like the people. Well, I think really what that's saying, um, what the movement is, and that is the second big movement, and it's not even necessarily so much about buying black, but it's buying small business. It's not ordering everything on Amazon and giving that dude billions upon billions of dollars who's not putting it back in communities or putting it even back in the country like he's paying zero taxes on all that money that he makes. So, but it's about supporting small business. You know, you say buy black just to get people of color, um, you know, African-American people thinking in those lines, you know what I mean? So, you know, for me, I, I don't go to Whole Foods. I go to my Indian, my two Indian grocers in the neighborhood. I go to another smaller grocery store that has good quality food. Um, I really try not to go to Whole Foods. It's like that Mm -hmm. mindset. I'm going to my neighborhood grocer. I'm going to those people who know me when they come when I come in and say, "Hey, good to see you. Here's a little special treat, you know, because you came in to see me today." So, it's, it's, yeah, so that makes that's that makes really sense. that's really yeah, what that, they're yeah. saying with with the movement is is less support one another in our mm. communities, less support one another and 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 a lot of it is we don't even know that there are these black businesses or uh businesses of color or um you know there was in uh Minnesota this like warmed my heart so much there was a um an Indian restaurant that got burned down and um the owner, the father, and the daughter were watching mm-hmm. it on TV. And so it's like, wait a minute, that, you know, that's my restaurant. And so he told his daughter, let it burn, let it burn in the name of George. You know, he was with us, you know, and um, because he knows the community, mm. he knows the struggle. And, and, and he's an ally. Mm. And you know what, when he rebuilds his restaurant, they're going to be in there like crazy. Oh, to support him. You you know what I mean? So oh, wow. Oh, it's wow. it's really about supporting small business but you know and um and like and, and that's the movement. That so that's the second big after we you know not second big like you got to do one and then the other and there's a big um like a day that's coming up in July. I think it's July 7th um uh, uh, where that day is kind of like a blackout, like no shopping with major corporations, no shopping, nothing. Don't, and, and, and looking to regain the cool. economic power of the community. And whenever bad behavior is exhibited, you take that money away from that community, those corporations who are against you and, um, and, and making sure those funds go to, small business, those that are supporting your effort. It's mm-hmm. really interesting, actually, because 
at times like this, yes, companies like Nike who have come out have done an advert. And um, I was so impressed with Nike, but Nike consistently is on the front lines with calling out behavior and standing with the people. And 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 you know, if I was into tennis shoes, I'd I would wear nothing but Nike. And I do have several clients in what I do that work for Nike and I love them, you know, um, because Nike wastes no time letting their position be known. They're unapologetic. And, and I love that in a, in a, in a major corporation, nobody does that. Well, it's interesting because for every Nike, you've got the likes of, is it Hugo Boss who, who are part yeah. of, um, making clothes for the nazis did they make nazi uniforms and, and now they do adverts you know you also have this concept of people can change corporations can change you know because that could have been the leadership at that time mm-hmm. you know we are very forgiving people and we we support growth in 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 consciousness you know what i mean so you know Back in the day when I was a kid, you know, I probably had some bad behavior that thank God today I've grown out of and people forgive me for that. You, you know what I mean? That's a really that's a really refreshing mindset. I think too, too often people are um, latching mm-hmm. onto who's right and who's wrong. But it, th- there is no progress if we're going to hold people to if we're going to if we're going to um, right. if we're going to nail someone to a mast forever for what they've done. There, there can, there, there can be change, and people should be forgiven, and there should be chance. Um, on that premise, then looking at it, oh. what's your vision for the future? That's out that's of, a great question. You mean for myself sense. or the vision that I see for the country? Um, that's huge. Um, Let's go with the you country know, first. My dream is that we recognize, especially coming out of COVID that we transform into the country that we say we are, that we've always said that we've stood for. We've stood for equality. We've stood for oneness. We've stood for everyone being able to live their best life without any drama and just be happy, deal with our obstacles and our challenges and have, you know, places of worship to go to help us to get through it, to have friends and family to celebrate with and to have a good time with to experience life to its fullest and 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 that's what i want for this country um to be the land of the free and home of the brave <laughs> you know what i'm saying do you, do you envisage do you do you see as a possible future a time where your nephew will be 25 years old and they're being pulled over and um, their first reaction is not fear. Do you, do you see change coming about in such a way that should a, um, you know, should a Amrita in 20 years time who's being pulled over no. not have a feeling that you have right I, now? I think it's going to take longer than that. Yeah. And I, and I will be honest, that's one of the reasons why, I, was hoping you, were you know, I don't have children. <laughs> I can't bear it. I personally cannot bear it. You're saying you're not going to have children because you don't like the idea I know this of, sounds... of your I... children being brought up in 
the environment that you're being subjected to at the moment, that you're living in at the moment. That it would, it would sound like you're talking about. A, it would sound like you're coming out of a developing country. It would sound like you're talking about a war zone in a developing country. Like that. That's that's the sort of things you would expect people to say in around a fire, as they're sitting in, around building rubble, saying, "I'm not going to have children until this yeah. area settles down." Yeah. Shit, man. I would adopt some. I would. I would totally adopt some. I think you. It, it, it's just. It's it's heavy. It's a heavy thought. Like I. I think that many black people, people of color, African American, think about it. They they absolutely think about it. When they are looking or thinking about having children, it's a thought because it's a. Because they're not waiting for the kids to grow up these days. You know what I'm saying? They're they're not waiting for them. They're throwing 13-year-olds around in the street and six-year-olds around in the street. Like, they're not waiting. It's it's interesting because this is something that we've spoken about in the past. And we Mm -hmm. were talking about that video where there's a father Mm -hmm. teaching his, is it six-year-old daughter? Yeah. How to deal with the police. Yeah, I mean it's it's to, uh, it's it's a real thing. Well, you know, so you remember we were talking about you're not complying, you're not complying, right? So there so then it was like you're mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. not complying cuz you didn't have your hands in the air and I couldn't see the air your hands, so that's why you weren't complying. So that is why you you know, parents go, okay, mm-hmm. this is what you do. You put your hands in the air, you follow the instructions. You know, it's it's absolutely a real thing. Almost every African-American kid is trained on that. African-American adults are trained on that. You, you, you know what I mean? Okay, step one, you do this. Step two, you do that. But now that's not even working. You know, you be you be polite, you be calm. Don't have any agitation in your voice. Yeah. And that's from, from that's as from soon as children can consciously understand the relationship between the police and the African-American community. I mean, it can be as young as five because the minute that the child is not in your sight, you don't know what's happening. And you don't see any, you don't see any, immediate change mm-hmm. generation in this current generation, generation to come uh no is it possible for the next generation i i hope so because it's a, it's it's a, it's a psychology that has to change it's like you need 12 step you need a, you need a 12 step program for white supremacy <laughs> you, know? you need a 12 step program for pl- white privilege <laughs> here in America you know it's like something that has to constantly be worked on you know, you understand what i'm saying what what does this actually mean on a day to day level white, white privilege people? is what you saw with amy cooper the privilege, the privilege of knowing that if okay. you make that call, the cops will come to your aid and they will take your side. No questions answered. That's white privilege. That's a great example. That is white privilege. That's also an example of changing the hearts and minds. Because you, you, we end up talking about this. We, and um, 
Like, it's mm-hmm. that it wasn't just her action that was wrong, mm-hmm. threatening to call the police. In her mind, yes, she considered mm-hmm. herself entitled to do this as a white person mm-hmm. who felt a black person was being a nuisance to her. And so, what we have to do is quite right. What you just said there, we have to we have to seek to adjust the hearts and minds of people because. If we start targeting actions, it's only when this happens to someone that it'll become an issue. It's sort of like trying to plug the gaps after the boat is filled with water. What we need to be doing is targeting the hearts of right. most people. They, 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 I mean, they, they I, I totally understand that. So, but but how do you do that in the current mindset? You, If the way that this country is set up is that if there is no advantage to change my heart and mind, to the example that we used earlier in the conversation, that if everyone is equal, then I have to give something up. So in order to change the hearts and the minds, I'm going to have to give something up for that. Am I going to really do that in, in, in the mind? So. I think that's, that that's gonna that's when correct. you start living for more than just yourself then then Absolutely. it's possible for you to see a benefit for yourself in giving up something in other words when you start Absolutely. thinking a little bit less about i and start thinking more about we then you gain by giving up something that you might Absolutely. otherwise have and so and then what is the motivation for me to go from i to we what is my motivation <laughs> exactly. 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 And I'm working with some friends actually on on this. You know, like creating a curriculum that targets hearts and minds so that we can change to get to that place of oneness. And it's going to take some time. That's why I said I, I don't think that. it'll be in this generation. Oh. It may be in the next one. You know, but that's the mission. Yes, that's the mission of all of us, right? That's the mission of why we're even having this conversation to change the hearts and the minds that maybe there's something in what we're communicating and what we're sharing with one another right now that will crack open that eye and put them on the path to we. It, you said earlier. I on. love that. Sorry, I, just, I, just, I, I love that. Yeah, well, I think we, we love everything mm-hmm. about you, me, but you said earlier on mm-hmm. that before you leave the house you do your japji sound how do you think rolling that out to more people can help well i don't i i've just seen it work for me in my life in such a magnificent way it saved me from a lot um and i think that when you share the power of japji to people and they understand what it means and when you feel the frequency of it like I I don't know it's 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 like no other so to share it with others which we do um you know through our yoga practice and many things like that and I've seen many people who aren't Sikh that fall in love with it because there's something about the design of the words and what Guru Nanak put together that resonates deep into the soul. And it awakens the soul and it calls the soul forward. 
to to that we mindset you know what i mean to that that we are all connected we're linked and that when we live from that space then life is the most beautiful experience you could have you know um wow that is one of the, the most beautiful things i've ever heard <laughs> well so are you you're a gem <laughs> I was going to have a, a call on my Yay! friend. Yay! I'm so happy. After that. You're staying. <laughs> can, 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 you, can you not take that sort of comment I seriously? I have to take him serious. When you, when you take his words seriously like this. No, please trust me. I, 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 I'm with this guy every day. Giving him a, a serious response is like pouring petrol onto a fire. Please, don't take him seriously. There is no coal. I'm, I'm sure in a serious context, Aww. he would likely agree. I'm lucky, lucky. He's I'm lucky, lucky to have, to you have both list. of you in mind, you know. Um, that, that it's just been an honor, a pleasure. And I love, <laughs> you know, he, he, I, I think I'm an honorary um, British citizen because I watch so much BBC. But anyway, I just like, I, I just love that we can have these, this open dialogue and you know with so much love but also with so much compassion and the fact that um you guys have taken time out to really want to understand what's going over going on over here and like the real deal and not like the media um perspective because they're the you know they're framing it in a way that allows them to you know sell ad space <laughs> you know it's it's not coming from a place of, of 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 genuine like what's going down you know feet on the ground kind of thing and so i appreciate you guys wanting to hear what's really happening and answering those questions that you, people have but they're like eh, i don't know if that's politically correct to ask that question or i don't have anybody to ask the question of you know, absolutely. Well, look, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, if we can't, as, as, as brothers and sisters in this world, have a serious conversation about issues that are concerning to us, exactly. I don't see how we can expect our leaders to. So I think the conversation yes. starts at exactly. home. Exactly. This is where we're at home right now as family talking. And, and yes, I, I, it totally I, I, makes I've sense. I've never met you before, but I feel that connection. If that makes sense. And um, on on that premise. I think that we need to have more of these conversations and, 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 I, and I think that's going to yeah, be something sure. I look forward to, I... do, to doing with you in the future. Yes. Yes, my Amrita, dear. just as, as a complete offshoot, sorry, do you mean to cut across you there? Tell me. Do, do, you, know, do you know what your name means? Yeah, well, you, your name, I want Amrita. you to tell me. Do you know, have you... Have you... So, okay. Mrit means death in the Sanskrit languages of old. Amrita means that one which is beyond death, that one which is undying, that one which is un, that one which is immortal, mm. that one which is self-realized. Who knows who she really is? Very good. So thank you for reminding me to continue with being fearless <laughs> with my big, huge turban <laughs> on the streets of New York. <laughs> keep keeping it real. For man. sure. Keep breathing, man. Do it. Do keep, it. keep breathing. I think we should bid you farewell. 
Thank you so much for your time. It's been a real education, and I'll go one step. Further. You're so welcome. Experience. Thank you. It's been a really it's been a beautiful so experience much. speaking with you guys too, and I look forward to chatting more in the future and as things progress. And if you have questions, like please, like let's chat. Let's do it, man. Cool. Okay. Have a have a lovely. Uh, it's morning over where you are. So I, I yes, yes, for sure. And have um, a great evening. Thank you again. To